It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood back here on a beautiful Thursday, August night. We've got a two-man weave, or excuse me, Tuesday. I'm thinking Thursday. I'm thinking I was like, wait, wait, what? Yeah. So I are, can't we, are we, I was like, are we preloading or something? We are firmly in the like start of all of the, you know, Athletes coming back. I'm I'm officially starting to lose with track of the days as we as we start to head <laughs> to the uh, the Maryland athletic season. So forgive me, but it's a two man weave. You and me, RDT. Maybe I'm just so excited that it's just you and I going back and forth. I mean, who mm-hmm. cares what day it is? Who cares what day it is? Uh, just me and you, Eric. As we roll through here, the the rest of the boys have conflicts or other things going on. So you and I decided to jump on here on a Tuesday, a Tuesday, a Tuesday, and discuss all things Baltimore sports and obviously whatever else we get into. And I was thinking about this, uh, Eric, when I was walking upstairs. So I'm going to start the conversation with you this way. Obviously, a lot of good things going on with the Orioles and the Ravens. As the public very well knows, you are not a Ravens fan, but you participate on this podcast regardless and talk about the Ravens and stay invested in them to talk about it. So I was God thinking forbid. about this. God forbid. God forbid. <laughs> Those are my favorite tweets of people coming after you for not being a Ravens fan. We're almost Is there. This, We're almost back to that. Right we now. are almost there. One of the best parts of the year. Is this the best time? To be a Balt, like when was the last time it was this good to be a Baltimore sports fan? I was well, thinking about this walking up. You have the Orioles with over 70 wins, the best team in the American League by record. You have the Ravens, who are not a tippy top Super Bowl favorite, but among the teams in the conversation for going deep in the playoffs. And that combination of things, and there's hope for both teams like moving forward in the future. Like the Orioles have this. Pretty clear, like five to seven year trajectory. The Ravens have Lamar Jackson signed to a long term deal. So the idea of having your starting quarterback locked up, like, yes, you had sort of like the Ravens post Super Bowl years with the rise of those, you know, last decade Orioles teams. There's a couple of years in there that maybe factor in. There's really nothing in the prior decade when the Ravens won the Super Bowl. The Orioles had essentially become a non-factor after the the 90s. And when the, you know, the Orioles were, you know, good in 96, 97, like that, that type of years, the Ravens were in in their, their infancy. And then, you mm-hmm. know, I guess you go back to some of like, you know, look, start looking at Colts Orioles stuff in the 80s, you know, when when both those teams still existed in your know, 70s. But it's I was like, and then if you combine, and I, you know, this is not for everybody, but then if you combine like the major Maryland sports, I won't put the DC sports in there. But the major mm. turf sports, football is expected to have their best season in 20 years, and basketball is kind of back on the right track of, after some years that people, you know, weren't as excited about. So I was like, "This is pretty great. Like, we are going. We're about to go into this, you know, stretch. We're in the middle of August. We're about to go into this stretch with Orioles playoffs and and the, you know the end of the regular season and a Ravens season that hopefully, you know, is successful." I don't know when the last time you could really make this case. And I haven't heard any, maybe, maybe people have said it. I haven't heard anybody like openly say that, that I've seen. So I pose that to you, Eric, as you, as a Oriole non-Raven fan. Well, so I'm, I'm trying to remember. And again, obviously if you're looking for like the best, you know, the best time or the last time it was this good or anything, it's like, you have to think back when both teams were good. And like, obviously 2012 jumps to mind. The Ravens win the Super Bowl that year. Obviously you didn't know that going into the season. But again, the Orioles were, I mean, we were riding that high of like, it's been what, 16 or 17 years since they made the playoffs. Like this team, it's late August or, you know, mid-August and we're in a playoff battle. And like, again, I mean, we remember how like magical that summer was. So I would say 2012. I don't remember yep. the 20, like 
I think the 2014 Ravens missed the playoffs, I think. And again, it's so it's like the Orioles were a wagon going into August. And again, people were probably high on the Ravens. I, I would just, I would have said, if you're looking for like a specific year, or like one year, I'm going 2012. Um, Cause again, there, there's just not many, they, their success never really crossed over too much. Like there was no, they weren't connected at all. Like they were almost like yeah. polar opposite. Teams. It's either, it's either 2012 and you brought up both of the right years. It's either 2012 or 2014. As you said, the Ravens, you know, win the Super Bowl. the, Orioles have their kind of magical run 2014. The Ravens did make the playoffs as a wild card team. Won a game. I believe again, the one against the Steelers then lost to the Patriots in the divisional rounds. This feels a little different to me than both of those. Maybe just because of the Orioles long-term future, it feels like it could be like a very sustainable, like half de- decade run of both teams being very good. Like similar to, when the Patriots and the Red Sox were just like kind of bouncing back and forth mm-hmm. and winning championships. Three, oh, four. Yeah. And that's very hard for that to happen. I'm not saying that's going to happen. But, you know, even when the Ravens were in that sort of post-Super Bowl stretch, and they weren't a contender in, in 2014, really. And the Orioles, mm-hmm. you didn't feel like were a contender in 2012. It was an amazing ride. And after, mm-hmm. you know, 15 years, essentially, of futility. But it feels like both teams are like contender contenders this year. And, you know, we'll see how that ends up for both. But I was like, and I was just like, wow. And then for me, like combining the Maryland stuff on top of that, it's kind of like an amazing time to be a fan of. If you're a Baltimore fan that also like likes to be invested in Maryland sports too. Um, mm-hmm. If you're invested also in some of the DC teams, like the Wizards and the Caps, you're not feeling as good about those yeah. two franchises right now. Um in you know, I think the, you know the caps. You have the OV stuff, so it kind of is a band aid on, you know, a team that Everything doesn't else. look like they're going to like contend. Um, and the Wizards are, yeah. I don't think we need to go much into what the Wizards are at this point, but <laughs> just came to my mind as as we sort of think about like, you know, we we've talked about it amongst the the the, the podcast, like how fun this next couple months could be to just cover mm-hmm. it like on the outside, um, and clearly. Um, I think that excitement is permeating throughout the city and that should be pretty cool. Like the idea of having, you know, multiple weeks of importance Orioles playoff games while Ravens regular season games are going on. is gonna be really, really fun. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and again, like usually we do it as a joke, but like when the playoff like dates got announced, people were like, all right, I'm trying to figure out what to do now. Like we're talking like ALDS, ALCS games. Like, you know, people are like, Oh, the Ravens play on this day, you know, on Sunday. So the Orioles can't play here. so it's like, yeah, like it's a legitimate thing. That's not like, a laughable statement being like both teams could win a championship. Like, I don't, I, I was wondering, like, I wonder what the odds would have been, you know, on some sports book. If you could have bet Orioles Ravens to, you know, both to win the championship, you were probably getting decent, would have been a decent payout there. I would um, think, but yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if you got it for the, are, if you got it for the baseball season, would have been a, yeah. I mean, would have been incredible. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, again, I mean, it's it, both, both teams are, are, like you said, I mean, you you want to talk about kind of like a, a future. I mean, with Lamar signing the deal, it's like again, there's no black cloud hanging overhead, like you know the castle, and and you know the it, the future is pretty clear now. Like there's no wondering anymore. So yeah, both both teams are set up, you know, for success the next couple of years and this year. So it's I, I was talking to some friends the other day, and they were just like, it's going to be such a fucking expensive October, and they were like, I I just can't wait. Like it's going to be all worth it. So. Talking about, you know, I think the Ravens have either a game or two at home and then what could be for the Orioles in the playoffs. So, yeah, start um, start saving up now your allowances and 
couch cushions and shit like that. It's going to be, could be a very expensive October. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Let's talk about those Baltimore Orioles, RDT, Uh, seven and three in their last 10. The speed bump last week against the Astros, you know, the last time we were talking Orioles on here, we were talking Kevin Brown, we were talking, you know, going into that Astros series, you know, obviously the a weird Astros series, you know, Felix Bautista blows the save. Um, there's the brief Felix, can Felix Bautista get it done in big games conversation that you got involved in a little bit on Twitter. Um, then, the, you know, they go to Seattle. The Brown stuff kind of continues to hang over a bit. He comes out with the tweets. I, I don't know really what there is that hasn't already been said on that stuff. Um, at this point, it kind of is what it is. Um, and he's broadcasting games, so I don't really feel the need to like get into that at this point anymore. Um, but they lose the opening game against Seattle, a Seattle team that, you know, is one of the hottest teams in baseball and is, you know, roared back into playoff contention and then win two gritty, gritty games, um, you know, Saturday, Sunday to take, to take the series, uh, and then just look like a better team last night against the Padres. We'll see what happens tonight when a win four to one last night. But, you know, we're a broken record at this point on this team. Even when there's those brief speed bumps, they just figure out a way to then, you know, next time out against another really good team, just pull it out for a, you know, a Seattle weekend series that I'm sure for that fan base is like, all right, here we go. Best team in the AL coming in. You know, mm-hmm. we can't be touched. They're great on Friday night, blow the Orioles out, you know, look amazing. Um, and to the, for them to come back and win two really close games, you know, the one nothing game, and then you have the Cedric Mullen show in the Sunday game. Um, <laughs> what what a series win for, you know, a, a team that just continues to find ways to get it done. Um, and then, you know, the clear story last night is, you know, Grayson Rodriguez is starting to become who he thought he was. Um, as a starting pitcher, and that is a welcome development as the Orioles head down the stretch. If he is a guy that is going to pitch like that, that you can give the ball to in the playoffs, he's going to get starts in the playoffs. It's not going to be a guy they have to move into the bullpen. Um, I think he's sort of moving up that list of trusted arms. And, um, you know, we'll talk more about, you know, some stuff you're doing with him, but what a what an awesome thing for him. So your overall thoughts on this last kind of weak in Orioles um, without, I think, us having to go into the Kevin Brown stuff. I think that stuff is, at this point, you know, not in the rear view from how you perceive the organization, but not really worth us continuing to talk about. No, and and I don't think it's worth continuing to talk about it because they're they're winning. Obviously, that Astro series, people were talking about it, and they, and they were losing. So it's like you're just kind of getting piled on. And then again, they lose that, you know, the Friday night game again in a laugh or I think I turned it off in like the fifth and was just like, well, not their night. Um, you know, I mean, it could have kept piling on. And then, like you said, they went to absolutely just gritty, dirty Brian. We'll use Brian's term of a rock fight. Um, yeah. Just like awesome baseball games too. Just fantastic. Both in extra innings, obviously um, the Cole Irvin start, like where were you for the Cole Irvin start and the entire bullpen uh, that Saturday night. Um it, a fantastic performance by Kirby too on the uh, on the Mariners because he went nine shutouts. So that was just a, an absolute pitcher's duel until Mountcastle broke it open um, in the twelfth or in the um, what is it? The I guess the ninth or tenth. Um, yep. And then yeah, and then and then Sunday, like you said, I mean that was that was the the Cedric game. That was I've never seen like a twenty minute span like that where it's very rare. Again, we you see it in basketball. And it's like there's one player who can like single-handedly win a game for you, like make the plays necessary to. And Cedric Mullins like quite literally did that. I mean, the 
I, I couldn't believe he caught the one in Minnesota a couple weeks ago. And I was, I was on the floor just shocked when he, when he um, pulled this one back on Sunday. And then again, he hits the long foul ball that, that I was like, that's the one he missed it. That's, that's it. And then I think a pitch or two later just absolutely smokes it. So quite a Sunday for him. He looks, he looks very healthy again. Like his, I think it was the first batter on Friday night, his first game back. He has to make that super tough running back catch at the wall, jumps into it. So awesome to see him kind of escape, you know, that series. Um, and that series just felt so good too. Cause like you said, packed crowd, um, all the Felix Hernandez stuff, the King Felix stuff with Bautista. So watching him come in for that, that two inning performance again, after we were told that last week when he struggled against the Astros that he can't perform under the big lights, like that was just a, a laugher of a conversation. But then again, his performance, yeah, that um, was, that was ridiculous. Is, this is yeah, I, I, I the 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 discourse over closers is wild. Like they are gonna blow saves every once in a while. It it literally it's just gonna happen. And by the way, he may do it in the playoffs. That may happen in the playoffs. But ninety percent of the time, it's not happening. So that's all you no. can ask for. Like this is just yeah. the way it. Patrick Mahomes throws a pick. Like it, it just yeah. happens. It's like I I said I tweeted and I was like these guys would have wanted Mariano like DFA'd after the World Series you know in in two thousand two thousand one just being like oh sorry blew blew the World Series can't have that it's like it happened and again it it sucks it happened to the Astros but it happened and then guess what two nights later he bounced back in like dominating fashion like he always does like just was filthy unbelievable so again we we got it and like last night he walked two guys and it's like again we have to like things are gonna happen it's fine but. Again, I mean, that series, that Seattle series, all things considered, may have been one of my favorite, like, of the year. Just the way yeah. they won. Um, again, you got the the radio host up there stirring it up with. And then, oh, my God. And then their, their post-game guys, like, crying on after after the game on Saturday, where they were, like, legitimately, I thought tears were going to come out. They were talking about the King Felix stuff again. It was incredible. So, it's like, to be able to shut them up and be like, the adults are talking. Like, go back to the kids' table. Like, that was a nice little, like. They've come back down to earth. Um, and then, yeah, and then this is another fun series. Um, last night was, again, the Grayson show. And I tweeted it, and it's like, this is Grayson's best start ever. And then it's like, you say that after his last six starts. He's just getting better and better and better and better. And yep. Yep. you can see it. I mean, the confidence. Like, last night, it was like, he, it was like he wanted to just go. He was going right at guys, and it wasn't afraid. And, again, it's not. It's, this is a damn good lineup. Like, he's the inning when he went at, who was it, Tatis, Soto, Manny? And he went strikeout, strikeout, I think, on the 101 to um, Soto above the zone and made him, like, fall backwards. And then he got Manny to pop up to, like, the shortstop, and Manny, like, spiked his bat. That was, like, just incredible to watch. And I was texting some people. I was like, it is kind of bizarre, like, watching uh, Grayson pitch against Manny. And someone someone said it perfectly. They said it's like, like you're, like, high school best friend meeting your college best friend. It's like, you're like, this is weird. Like, I really like both of you, but this just feels strange for some reason. And it was weird watching watching them. But again, he was, I mean, another great game by him last night. The, the rest of the bullpen was awesome. Um, someone tweeted from the Exit 52 account, and six starts since getting called back up, 35 and two-thirds inning, 12 earned runs, 30 Ks, 3.03 ERA, 0.98 whip, a buck 94 opponent average, and he's given up one home run in those six starts since. So, again, Earlier this year, when we were like, don't stop freaking out over 10 career starts, it's going to be okay. This is what they meant. And again, we've talked about the, um, as Gunner goes, yard? No? 
no card on the wall. Sorry. Um, he's just, he's very good. This is the guy that, that, that we knew we were going to get. And again, it took him a little bit, but he's here now. So it's awesome to see that. And yeah, again, you, you just kind of hope they can finish out this West coast trip, get home. It's going to be a fun ro- um, home schedule when they come back too. So should be a good one. And people got to keep coming out, pack the crowd, get there and be loud. Again, the Astro series, even though it kind of sucked, there were great crowds the whole time. Yep. So number numbers are looking good. Yeah, I mean, you, you talk about Grace, and I think that what's been fun about his little run here has been we've seen the steps being taken in real time over the past six starts. It's like against the Dodgers, he's you know was good for essentially those four innings and then kind of hit the wall, and, mm-hmm. and he shows the frustration. Okay. Against Tampa on the road, it's a little better. They get the win in that game. He can he kind of gets to five and two-thirds and kind of runs out of gas. But it's like, all right, took a step against a really good team in a really big spot. Comes back against the Yankees is great. Gets to six, gets through that like six inning mark. Yep. You know, then finally gets taken out. You know, five and two thirds against Toronto. Once again, kind of gets that similar spot. Then you know, six innings against Houston is pretty good. Gives the Orioles a chance to win. And then you know, last night get, finally gets that seven inning mark that you would love to, for him to get to every time to you know have to just deal with the eighth and ninth. That's what's and as you said, he's now you see the confidence of him going at guys like. He showed mm-hmm. some emotion. He sh- showed some emotion on the mound in a few of those games against the Yankees. He did getting out of a couple spots. He's just found a groove now, and you know that is not only good for this year, but now you're like, okay, now we're seeing the guy that you hope is an anchor of the staff. You know, maybe he's not a number. Maybe he doesn't end up becoming an eight, like an ace ace. We'll see. I mean, that stuff is certainly in there, and he's showing you the ability that if he can take another, you know half to full step he's that's where he's going to be but right now he's showing you the ability to be a very very capable major league starter and i think you know if you get that out of him that's a huge deal because as we've talked about a million times they have the ammunition to maybe go out and get the you know the 1a or 1b type of starter that they're going to need um Mm -hmm. through trade or or acquisition or whatever so that's been great Uh, the cedric mullins thing's amazing the orioles and i was trying to think of more of these They've had some like weirdly timed guys coming back or coming up or getting signed that have like it when they've come into a little bit of a loss, like this guy kind of saves the day and gets them back on track. Like it's, it's like er- Nate McLeoth is the perfect one. Like, yeah. And even this like, year, like, you know, early in the year, it was like this was when Mateo kind of had his time to be the guy that lifted them. And, you know, when Jordan Westbrook, Bergen, Kowser came up, they kind of like not that Kowser's really done anything, but they started to like mm-hmm. win. Um, yeah. I'm O'Hearn, too. Yo, like Hearn, Hearn yeah, came Aaron Hicks like came mm-hmm. and kind of provided a little bit of a spark. And obviously Mullins is better than all of the guys that I just mentioned there. <laughs> but it's like, you know, you lose that Friday game, he's back. And then he just kind of, you know, goes is an all-star, goes out and wins you a baseball game, which is very hard to do as a position player. Um in, on both sides of the of the of the uh, of the deal, you know, yeah. offensively and defensively. He's he's incredibly impressive. And I think he will be the guy that when he gets his first at bat in the playoffs. I'm almost going to be the most happy for mm-hmm. because it's like, all right, this guy, you know, a few guys have kind of gone through the ringer, but he was like an all-star when they were terrible. And you were just like, wow, this is great for Cedric Mullins. He was, you know, struggled so much when he came, you know, and was almost kind of out of, you know, being a guy that was, you know, going to be a consistent major league player becomes an all-star. This is a great story. And now mm-hmm. he's kind of continued somewhat of that level of play and is going to get the opportunity to kind of show his stuff. And he's an incredibly exciting player on the biggest stage. 
you know, it will be great to see Adley on that stage. It'll be great to see a gunner on that stage, yada, yada, yada. But to see a guy like that who, you know, has been allowed, they could have traded him at some point. I mean, he could have been mm-hmm. traded at some point the last two or three years if the Orioles had felt like, all right, you know, this guy doesn't line up with the timeline. Let's sell him while the, you know, the value is hot. And they've stick, stuck with him. He's been here. And that is going to be very, very cool to watch. And that's what I thought about kind of coming off of that Sunday game. Like, God, please put this guy in plastic wrap between games or maybe even during games so he doesn't get hurt again so he can be the center fielder for this team because he raises the Orioles ceiling. I mean, he really, really does. I mean, they tried to put together that center field situation when he was gone. And, I mean, you know, God loves some of the guys they put out there. But, like, you know. It's been a struggle. They have not gotten a ton of offense out of that spot at times, you know, especially when Kowser's been in the lineup. I, you know, there's now been the like, you know, believe in Colton Kowser. He's going to get through the stuff. Those stories, the you know, those stories mm-hmm. are now happening. Yeah. And I do believe that he will. Um, but like now having, when you have just have SETI plug and play every single day in center field, that is a nice, Brandon Hyde's got to sleep a little bit better every night thinking about that. Oh, and a hundred percent. I mean, it's, he's, I've said it before. Like he's the, the straw that stirs the drink. Like when he is going the, that's when the Orioles are going at their best. So yeah, he, he's very important. Um, And again, you named all that stuff. Like he was, he was the one he moved Adam Jones from center field to right field. Like, you know, he was the one. Um, And again, he played on some awful teams and he had some great years and then he had some terrible years. He had the year where, you know, I, he, he was awful one year gets sent down. And like you said, comes back up, um, makes the all-star appearance and stuff like that. People also don't remember, and I don't know if this was like, it was public, but it was never really talked about that much. He had Crohn's disease um, the same year yeah. that Trey had cancer, and he lost like 20 pounds in the offseason and didn't tell anyone because he's like, you know, Trey, you know, there's a guy out there who has it much worse than me. And like you said, like you just feel really happy for those guys because, they, you know, they're not just like, great, you know, great ball players, awesome to watch but like seems like a very legitimate, like just awesome guy. And like, I've had a conversation or two with them. Um, and I, I get that feeling from him. Just a very like authentic person. He seems like a great person. Um, and it is, it's gotta be, I mean, it's almost like a, um, a Nick Marquez in 2014 when he missed obviously 2012. Yeah. And again, everyone was like, this is the guy again. He never smiles. You don't see him, you know, show much emotion. Um, and and when you when you see him out there in the playoffs, it's like that's just gonna again like watching him celebrate. Hopefully, the AL East title will be very very cool. Like you said, it's awesome for the young guys, um, but for even a guy like Austin Hayes too, is it going to be really? It's, yep. It's hopefully yep. we'll, we'll we'll talk about that this coming up more in the next couple of weeks, I'm sure. But yeah, it's you know it's when when he is back there playing again. We don't need Ryan McKenna, Jorge Mateo, um, you know an aging Aaron Hicks. It's like when, when Cedric is there, it's everything just feels right. And again, it's almost like there's Hyde is definitely like less stressed when he's just like, thank God I can, I can put him there and, 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 and you don't have to worry about it. So yeah, he's, he's just a very important part. Um, And real quick too, we have to talk about Jacob Webb, who is now like the Orioles high leverage guy right in front of Bautista. Like (laughs) what a weird like pickup from the angels. Who was like, I think he had to get DFA'd because they trade, you know, one of the guys they traded for and yep. he ends up on the Orioles. And now it's like he's he's starting like a Cano streak where it's like, oh, he hasn't given up a hit in like his first four appearances. And he's just striking everyone out. 
So I like tweeted one night. I was like, are we doing like Jacob Webb high leverage situations? And it was like, strikes out the side. It's like, oh yeah, I guess, I guess we're doing that. Like that's, that's what we're doing now. So that's, I don't know how long that ride's going to last, but it's fun right now. I mean, they're piecing it. I mean, they're piecing together. I mean, look, I feel like I'm probably people listen to this probably think I'm a show for the front office, but they are just not missing. I mean, like, you know, that is just a great job of whoever is the, the area scout out there, whoever's do, who's doing the pro scouting. Like you see that guy in waivers. It's like, we have to go get him because, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I mean, if you just feel for the angels who, you know, just really, <laughs> yeah, no, continue, just no, really, no. who just really continue to, um, I can't, I don't even know if I can do this with a straight face. They said we're I mean, going all look, in. Let's look at, let's look at the angels. We're going all in. Now we're 59 and 61 and seven and a half games out of a wild card spot or behind the tour who are behind the imploding Yankees who <laughs> my guy Booney is in serious, serious trouble at this point. Um, mm. what are they doing tonight? They Severino gave a bunch of runs in the first inning is what I heard. What is the score? That game's over five, nothing to Atlanta. I, my guy might not make it through the year. Um, he shouldn't, they're, well, they they're, they're terrible. Extension, they're so. terrible. And they didn't, and they weren't trying. They weren't trying at the deadline. The Yankees did not try. The Yankees did not go out and get anybody. No, the angels tried. <laughs> the angels tried and they're 15. There's three and seven in their last 10. I mean, they are such a total joke. And once again, you know, he's been hurt, I guess, this year, so it's not totally his fault. But what a waste. I mean, what a waste of talent from the Angels who have the best the best player in baseball of the last decade and um, Shohei Otani, who is doing something that hasn't been done in about 175 years, and they're not going to sniff the playoffs. Not going to sniff the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They're closer. Let's see. Let's see how far they are at a last. Oh, well, the Oakland's historically bad. So that's a little bit of a bad comparison. But like, they're not like the Tigers are 53 and 65, and they're closer to them than the Blue Jays. I mean, that is so bad. Just so, so, so bad. I haven't talked, we haven't done that bit as much this year. I did that. I wrote that bit like all year last year with Mike Trout, and Trout hasn't really played. So it's not as fun. I mean, they can't blame the guys hurt. But I mean, geez. I mean, they, I mean that is incredible. Just. I mean, do you want to, do we, do we want to start a narrative? Aaron judge is going down that same path. Like we'll, we'll start that narrative. Well, here's the problem. He's made the, I can't, he's made the playoffs a bunch of times and they've been a game away from the world series. My, my thinking is though, we're going to get to the conversation of Aaron judge can't get to the big one. And then it's like, does he ask out? Does he, you know? It's going to be something like that. Yeah, I the the, the he's putting up yeah, all these numbers. The, he is, but they're getting to the playoffs. I, I kind of that. This is my. This is. I mean, we've done for long time listeners. I'm sure don't need to hear this. I don't <laughs> even need my trout to make the World Series. I would just like him to make the wild card game. He would be great for the wild card game. You don't want great them for to the, the wild card game. game. I'd love to watch a wild card game with Shohei Otani yeah. starting and Mike Trout pl- playing center field. Would love yeah, it. You don't want instead, them to win the division. Instead, 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 I'm gonna watch. Let's look at like who who's gonna play in this game. Instead, I'm gonna watch like the Blue Jays, who I guess are exciting. And the Twins, the Mariners, and, the Twins. and, the, and oh Mariners. Name. I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, I'll watch those games, but like, I'm not. I would love if Mike Trout was in. The, I mean, maybe the Red Sox. I mean, what a what what is just an absolute joke. What a joke. But now, but the, the Orioles reap the rewards. You know, the Angels make a bunch of dumb decisions. They release a guy who didn't seem like he was having that bad of a year for the angels. I think his ERA was under four for the mm-hmm. angels. 
Um, I think I, I I think they were trying to pass him through waivers to like DFA him to get him out or or yeah. I guess I don't know. Yeah. I think they just you're not going to get it past him. smart organizations like the Orioles. I, Let me tell you what I'm gonna can I I'm gonna put this out on the podcast right now, Eric. This is an open yeah. invitation for Mike Trout to request a trade to the Orioles. Open invitation. <laughs> if he wants to come ride the wave of Adley and Gunner and get himself into a spot, it's closer to Philly. So when the Orioles win the World Series, he can roll right up into those late, you know, those November, you know, games. He can get right up in his Sunday night. Right, he might even be able to go watch them after the Orioles game, so he doesn't even need to fly across the country. He can come. What he can come hit like fifth, whatever he wants to do. I was going to ask you if he's a fourth outfielder. Would love to have him. No, he can. Well, he's not going to start in center field. Cedric started in center field, so you know. Austin Hayes is maybe he could DH. Well, we're trying not to get him hurt, so he could DH. He could DH. He could DH. This has been pent up for a while, but yeah, you know, I've thought mean. about doing. I've thought about doing this for like a month, but I waited till I saw what they did at the All Star break and, or excuse me, at the trade deadline, right. and then waited to see what the like two weeks after the trade deadline looked like, and it's a disaster. I mean, they are a total disaster. At this point. You think they're like two and nine or something since the deadline? I don't know. It's. it's I mean, they probably played more games. seven in their last ten. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're so, bad. And again, it's like they literally were like, we're going to go all in. We're going to trade for Lucas Giolito. We're not going to trade the greatest player we've ever seen who's not going to come back here. And then they immediately fell off a fucking cliff. Maybe like, they God, know he's, maybe done. they think he's coming back. Like maybe he has said, like, I'm comfortable here. I'll come back. I mean, he wouldn't be the first guy. Well, why? Yeah, coming. it's like, why wouldn't he just sign? You know, I don't know. I mean, it, it, he could have. Yeah. You know, again, yeah. you really want to pump up the guys, be like, hey, you know. I'm not fucking leaving. And then guess what? That's when you win 21 to 30 and, you know, you go on this run. Yeah. But you know, there's just, just not, I feel bad for Shohei. There's just not much more he can do. Um. So, yeah, that was, yeah, that was talking yeah. angels. They, that had been pent up for a while. I've been looking for an, an opportunity to get that done. And Jacob Webb gave me a nice, gave me a nice in to get it done. But look, I mean, good job there. Figuring out a way to kind of piece guys together behind Bautista. Now, I think the like reservation there is okay. Are we going to get to October fifteenth, and is this still going to be working? I don't know mm-hmm. if that's the case. We will see. And if it doesn't, then I think that will be the burning question that runs to Mike Elias heading into the offseason. It's like, why didn't you go get a little more bullpen help? Bullpen help. Bullpen help was expensive, but you know maybe there were guys out there. But we'll we'll see. That's a story that remains to be written. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So the Orioles now obviously zero 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 tonight as they play the Padres. Uh yeah, but Flaherty's looking a little. We're working on his, his second three zero count in the first inning, so he's up to twenty three well, pitches. But zero 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 after Juan Soto flew out to they it was I thought it was a home run. Yeah, but yeah, zero zero for now. We'll see. They go to Oakland, um, who's awful um, this weekend, and then back home for. Excuse me, a nine-game homestand uh, with Toronto, the Colorado Rockies, who don't make their way to Camden Yards all that often, and I'll be uh, there. Chicago, I'll be there the for Chicago the Rockies. Series. It's an interesting stretch of teams uh, that the Orioles play right now. They go after it was sort of like it felt like a run of like here's you know the Astros and the Rays and Toronto. It's to, mm-hmm. it's Oakland, Toronto, Colorado, Chicago, the Diamondbacks, which will be very interesting at the D-backs. Ooh. And then they go to Shohei Otani's Angels from September 4th to September 6th. I can't wait to watch those games. Um, one game on FS1. And um, and then at the Red Sox, who doesn't feel like the Orioles have played in about eight months. 
I, I was trying to think I could, I can't remember the last time besides for the opening series that they played. Like they have not played at all in the second half. The last series they played was bear with me, bear with me, bear with me. Like, I don't, I can't, I can't remember them coming to Baltimore. They I'm played. sure they have, but I don't remember it. And I watch every single game. So, like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, the Red Sox came here uh, April 29th to May 1st and have not been back since. See, I don't remember. I'm guessing Can I the say Orioles this? took two out of three. It's good for the Orioles that they have the balanced schedule now. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Oh, no. What am I talking about? Wait, what am I looking at? I don't know what I'm looking at. <laughs> I'm looking I think I, I, I might have just switched it. I might have switched to 2023 on the fly there. Or 2022 Boston. on the fly. Whoops, hold on. Hold on. Hold Started on. the first. Yeah, they got the first two in Boston. No, first three. Yeah, April. The last time they played here was April. Yeah, 5 Sorry, 4, I, 6 8, 6 2. I don't remember these games at all. Yeah. I don't know. I don't feel like. I think there almost should be more division games. The the division games kind of don't feel I, as interesting when they don't play as much. I was getting shit on uh, during the last the Yankee series that the Sunday night baseball where I was like, I can't believe this is the last series against the Yankees all year. And there were people like, Oh fucking the Yankees are going to make the playoffs. And I was like, I'm not, no, I was like, I'm not trolling. I was like, that was like a legitimate fact. I was like, I cannot believe this is the last one of the year. Again, it's August 15th. Like there's a month and a half left. So yeah, it's, I, I love it because again, the division is, is just a dog fight, but it's, it yeah. just, it feels very strange being again, done with the Yankees and, and like almost done with everybody else. So a lot of baseball left. A lot of baseball left. Should be fun. Um, Orioles continue to roll along and um, it's going to be great as we roll through the rest of the year. There's, there's not much else to say. This continues to be one of the more fun Orioles teams of the last three decades. Um, and could be historically good. I mean, could win 100 games, which would be an amazing accomplishment. Um, we'll move to the Baltimore Ravens. I think that, you know, me and RDT aren't going to give a huge Ravens breakdown here. I think you can go to the jumbo set, which will come, I'm sure, later in the week with Mr. Spencer, Mr. Jake, um, who watched a lot more of the preseason game than me and RDT did. RDT, because he is not a Ravens fan, and me, because I had other duties that I was um, adhering to while the Ravens were playing. Um, but I did enjoy some fights at Ravens commanders camp today. That was a good time. That's why we love the NFL. Just some joint practice fights. And they, they love joint practices now. Like joint practices are so hot in the streets. And yeah, I didn't even know that they were practicing together. It's great content. Saw, it's great content. I saw a bunch of the, um, like JP Finley and them were like, first thing I see when I wake up is him being like the Ravens facility is incredible. Like this is unbelievable. And then everyone, it, it was just kind of back to shitting on the commanders. But, um, yeah, again, I mean, I saw Lamar had a nice play that the Ravens tweeted out where he, like, stepped up, you know, tossed up a pass to Mark Andrews, who had a nice little first down sign. So it seems like those two are are getting along quite well again. And, um, yeah, and then the fights. I mean, the fights were funny. Like, Mark Andrews body slamming that dude. That, I mean, it's just, one man body slamming another man is just funny. But the best part about that was the um, – the ref throwing the flag. <laughs> the fuck are you doing? Yeah, dude? Like, so what, are we, what are we doing here? Like, who are you flagging? Like, what is, what is going on? So yeah, again, it's it, these these practices and and camps are tough. To, I I can't get into the like every storyline of this and that. And I know you're the same way, um, but yeah, it's also just know. tough. While it's just tough while the Orioles are so good mm-hmm. for me to like, you know 
necessarily care about the fringes of the Ravens 53 man roster. And that's exactly yeah. why we have Jake and Spencer at our disposal here to give you all <laughs> of that you need to know about the back end breakdown of the Ravens roster. I do care about it, but it's like, you know, reading the like daily. I'm just, I'd rather read the daily Orioles dispatches as opposed to like the, here's the report from training camp. Um, and also the first preseason game just isn't that interesting anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody's really playing the, or the, obviously the Ravens did win their 24th preseason game, which, you know, we talk about how ridiculous that is, but that like came, that headline came across and I was scrolling Twitter after they won Saturday. I was like, God, that is so uh, such a ridiculous statistical anomaly. It makes no sense that they've won 24 preseason games. It will never be, ever be close to being replicated again. It makes mm-hmm. no sense. Mm-hmm. And is not a predicator for any success. Like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they've been good during this. They've been not as good during this. I mean, it just doesn't matter at all. Uh, the Tucker thing was awesome, though. I mean, that guy is such a stud. That was really the one thing that I just I'm, him just I'm, coming out and casually hitting that and doing the, the shrug, whatever. Like, he's just, I mean, what a what a champ. I'm just kind of surprised that they still even like trot him out there. You know, just like I think. I don't know why they I mean, do that. I will say, great for the fans in attendance. Like, if you were a fan and you went and you saw him hit that kick, you're like, okay, this was worth coming out for. There's really no other reason to go out. I mean, it was, did look like a very good crowd there. I can't get into going to preseason games. Other people no, can. I, maybe for mm-hmm. people, maybe there's also bring probably your kids. like. Bring your kids a little bit more of a relaxed environment. You can watch mm-hmm. some football. You get in the you get in the bank. I'm I, there. You know, I'm not really. I'm not looking down on it at all. Um, as it doesn't look like it's gone great for Mr. Flaherty in the first inning here. No, not great. Um, but you know, I'll try to I'll try to catch um, try to catch week two of the preseason here. Um, as the Ravens take on the Commanders on Monday night. Um, on ESPN. So I'll where's that? I that. guess that that it's probably in DC. It is at FedEx, um, which would be fun if it was in Baltimore. I, I, you know, that I actually would have thought about going to if it was in Baltimore on a Monday night. It's just not anything to do. Just yeah. walk over to the stadium. But, um, you know, see what little Tyler Huntley, see little, you know. No, he's he tweaked his hamstring. Oh, true. That's right. Oh, that, my God. And Jake starting a little, started a little Carson Wentz dialogue today I on Twitter. See. That is, oh, my God. I think someone I responded to his like, you yeah. need help. <laughs> I think that's yeah, what they that said. is. I don't even want to get involved in that. I would like, I would, I hope my guy Dante Demas can get some catches this week. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, Mr. Demas gets a chance to, to shot yeah. a little bit. So, I, I will definitely throw that game on. I will have more, for anyone that cares about my thoughts on Ravens preseason, I will. I will have more to talk about next week, but um, did not catch a ton of it this week. And um, the the Orioles are just more of the priority at this point to to watch. It's funny um, too. We do I, go ahead. I, I've talked to like a lot of um, just a lot of people in Baltimore, and they're everyone just like they're like no offense, but they're just like I don't give a shit about like the Ravens right now. Like you couldn't pay me to like get into training camp or like talk about this or that, just because again the Orioles are so you know, there's such a big story now. And and like we said, um, there's a story not for the laughing stock reasons anymore. So it's, yep. it's a good, it's a good balance in this town. I think now. Yeah, for sure. Which is great. I mean, it's, that's, it's awesome because for a while you had to care about literally every waking moment of any Ravens coverage because there was just nothing on the other side. And there are still mm-hmm. the people that live and die with every single little thing that happens to the Ravens every day, which I'm totally fine with. And that's great. Um, 
but it's fun to have the balance of a team in the playoff race to just ease into football a little bit more. Just ease into it. Now we don't have to like let's not start the you know freaking out about everything because we can kind of ease into it. We got the Orioles to to take our attention for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have to you know you know mention incredibly sad news about Alex Collins mm-hmm. um, passing away at twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Looks looks the reports are a motorcycle accident. Read a little bit of the report there, which is you know it was sounded really really you know it's like a tough situation. Um, mm-hmm. uh, obviously a good player for the. For the uh, for the Ravens, but gone way too soon at twenty eight. That's very very sad. Yeah, that was. That, I didn't realize he was only tw- like twenty eight. Young, like that's really young. I really realize- young. I mean, he's still playing football. Um, yeah. So, well, not in the NFL, obviously, but very young. Yeah, that's that was that was nuts. Again, the the report was kind of it was pretty brutal, like kind of gruesome, and I was like, yep. uh, kind of, I'm not gonna read more into this. Um, yeah, that sucked. That that was that was a tough one. It was, you know, I, I forgot that he made that uh, fourth and twenty fourth and twenty five play for Arkansas, like that crazy lateral. So I saw that yeah. go viral, and yeah, you know, someone someone was tweeting out a bunch of Ravens highlights. I think you know the game where they t- they they beat the Titans in uh, Tennessee and they sacked him Mariota like eleven times. I think he had like two touchdowns that game, and people were tweeting those out. So, and like I do remember the um like the Irish jig and stuff like that, and they showed it, you know. He like had that relationship with like a dancer or a teacher or something like that who like taught him the Irish jig and all that. So that was cool. Again, it's it's always sad when when anyone dies, but again, when it's like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. He's only twenty eight. Just that's yeah, super yeah. super sad. Uh, and have to shout out to just his overall body of work. You know, in, in Ravens memory, his age twenty three season was a great year. I mean, he rushed for nine hundred seventy yards, had six TDs. Um, mm-hmm. And looked like a guy that could maybe be a little bit of a stalwart somewhere, but it's one of those, you know, classic running back stories where, mm-hmm. you know, you have the maybe one or two good years and it's just so hard to like not get kind of chewed up and spit out. And he's out of the league by 2021. Like, and, you know, it does some things for Seattle, but yeah, super sad. And, and, you know, obviously thoughts out to his family and friends and everyone with the Ravens and the Seahawks and in Arkansas that, that uh, that knew him and and seemed to be a guy that that was that was well liked. Um, we will move here. RDT uh, Nick Caner Medley Maryland Person of the Week. Um, I normally have a choice of people to go to first, but you're the only choice, so you're going first. I'm going Ryan Mountcastle. Just sure see how hot he's been. I don't have his numbers in front of me, but like how hot he's been since he came back from Vertigo. And again, I mean he was. Start the season, he was awesome. I was talking about like we have to start like a home run derby narrative for this guy. Like he's you know he's becoming that good and he's awesome. And then he was just so bad. And again, he goes on the IL and he's kind of the forgotten man when O'Hearn comes up. I mean, there were people saying you know cut this guy, get him out of here. He stinks. Um, trade him, you know, try and trade him at the deadline. But you know all this stuff and all he's done since he comes since he's come back is hit and it's awesome. He's he's. He's bait. I mean, his bat is carrying the Orioles right now. Like nobody else seems to really be hitting. Um, but I, you know, I, I feel, I just feel very happy for him again, a guy who's already this season, 120 games or whatever, you know, he's had the some very high moments and he's had some very low moments. So I think it's cool that he's been able to come back and, and really help this team out and just, just kick ass the entire time. He's, he's a great player. I think he's a big piece of this team. So it's awesome just to see him go out there and just, I think he's like 21 or 22 games in a row on base. Um, he's got that streak going. So he's 
when he's on, he's a very fun player to watch and he's just, he's a big piece of this team. So it's, it's great to see him back and, and performing well. For sure. And he gives the, he gives them the element that they don't have like the raw power slugger. He's kind of the raw power slugger they have. Like they have guys that have for power. Adley can, and can hit it out. Gunner can hit it out. But like Mountcastle is the, it pops off his bat and you're like, that's going 800 feet guy that they have. I mean, and if he's hot, that he gives them that element, which is nice. Yeah, and I mean, I I forgot that home run he hit on Tuesday against the Astros. Like I was walking into the ballpark oh and I heard the, I heard the cheer and I was like, oh man, like Mountcastle, there we go. And then you know I'm seeing the reports on Twitter. It was like 472, and I was like, oh, that's a long one. And that was the game that was on TBS. So again, I was at the game. I didn't see any replays. I got home. All I saw were the Masson replays that cut away from with a home run. And then, like, the next day, I saw the TBS uh, angle. And I was like, oh, my God, that went over the bullpen. Like, I, I had legitimately no idea. So, yeah, you want to talk about raw power. And a guy a guy who is just, when he goes, he goes. Like, Mountcastle is one of those guys who can absolutely put a team on his back. Like, he's kind of doing now. So, again, just very, very pumped for him. And, again, a huge, huge bat in the middle of that lineup when, when he's hot and when it's going. For sure. Um, I'm going to give it a two-parter here. I think we have to shout out. Eric, 49 years of Jimmy Seafood celebrated today. Ah, uh, yeah. So good for them. Yes, yes. I can only imagine what they're planning for 50 years. God, that is going to be <laughs> something. They're going to have, they're going to, I mean, when they blow things out, they're going to do something. But with that, I also give it to you, you hosting a meet and greet with Grayson Rodriguez, Crab Cakes in Baseball, Grayson Rodriguez mm-hmm. edition, as their graphic says, September 25th. Um, you're moderating a QA with Mr. Rodriguez, which I'm sure will be great. You guys have nice chemistry. Um, benefiting um, Johns Hopkins Children's Center, I believe. Center, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, so awesome stuff there from our partner Jimmy Seafood. Obviously, you and then friend, very much a friend of the show, Grayson Rodriguez. So I hope people um, go out to that. I'm assuming that's a ticket situation that people have to purchase. Sell, sell us on it, RDT. Yeah, yeah. So, so the ticket, it's 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 again, basically, it's a seventy five dollar donation, um, and you get a picture. With Grayson, you get a signed ball. And then again, we're doing a Q&A. Um, you know, again, you can get food, you can get drinks, you can get all that stuff. Um, but again, it's it's an awesome experience. And I think it, I think it, if you want a t-shirt, I think they're giving away t or not. They're selling looks I think, like, t-shirts for the event. It's, it looks like it's a hundred bucks to get a t-shirt. hundred dollars for that so package. The ticket, yeah, yeah, for that package, yep. But again, I mean, it's it's an awesome time. If, you, if you've come to the Tyler Wells thing, again, a couple of weeks ago, is very similar. Um, it's going to be a fun time. I know we're trying to plan some other ones down the line with some other players. Um, but yeah, again, come on out to Jimmy's. Um, and again, I mean, it's like, you think it's, it's a $75 donation to Johns Hopkins for basically, I mean, a signed baseball by Grayson and a picture with them. And again, I mean, it, the Q and A's have been fun. Again, I try and mix them up and kind of like the podcast and we don't go too hard on them, but yeah, it's going to be an awesome event. Johnny and I have been talking about it for a while, um, trying to get a date set up. So it's cool that it's going to happen and, uh, yeah, come on out and happy birthday to, uh, Jimmy's and, I know, I know that they're already working on the 50th anniversary party, which is scary. Like I've seen the text and it's very frightening to think like it's like, it's like the girl celebrating planning for her 21st, like a year in advance. Like, Oh, this is going to be, I'm very excited to see what they do. I can only imagine what they're going to do. That is going to be, I mean, they, they do not, they do not miss on those types of things. Um, and, I, and they're already starting mm-hmm. to put tailgoat stuff together too. I mean, that that's already, that's Dude. obviously coming together. I think we talked, did we talk about it? The two friends? I think it's like ALCS or ALDS or CS, one of them, like game three. I yeah, think is, is that? you know, 
I it's it's October sixth, I think, because two friends is doing the Lions game. So that's that's in the day. That's during the day. And I think you could have ALCS at night in Baltimore, which I mean, imagine a day of two friends, Ravens, Lions, and then right into an ALCS game. I mean, is that October? No, October 8th. Is it maybe 8th? Yeah. 6th or 8th is a Sunday. The 8th is the Sunday. Yeah, it's that one. It's that one. So that could, I mean, that could be an all-time day in Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be there. If the, if the, if the friends are, the tickets aren't on sale for that yet, are they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they are. Yep. Mm. There you go. Um, They're on sale. Yeah, that is. Which, and be... I was also, I was talking to Johnny. I was like, that's right around the time that Two Friends releases 23. So like, or the, the next one, what is it going to be? 24, I guess. So we could time that up perfectly. We're like, it's that, you know, if they, they release it that first week of October, that could be, again, just a massive, massive week. Yeah, that's gonna fun. be very very fun i'm sure they'll have i'm sure they'll have many other great things to to come with that um they mm-hmm. do a great job with that event so yeah everyone go out buy your tickets come out and see air come out and see grayson and and uh support a very 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 good cause love that jimmy's always does a great job with the stuff they put together always you know partners with someone local to uh to make a difference so great stuff from them as per mm-hmm. usual um uh, we don't. Well, I would say we could do a dead or alive. We're not doing a draft because I don't think anyone near, needs to hear you and I go back and forth with draft picks. <laughs> um, can I get? I'll get one black-eyed Susan hottest take out here, and we'll end on this because we're not doing a dead or alive. Um, I will say, Fed Thrill, Fed Thrill, Exited to the promo code. Buy your sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Fed. Couple Thrill. more weeks. Get there. Couple so, more weeks. Sorry, for summer. For hundred percent. Sorry, we're not doing a draft, but want to make sure Fed Throw gets their shine. Black Eyed Susan Spice Company, all those different things. Here's the hottest take. And this really isn't a hot take, but it's a take that I need to get on a public airwave. This new rule to Little League World Series where everybody bats in a continuous lineup is a joke. <laughs> like, if we're going to play this, if we're going to put this on ESPN, if we're going to put the regionals, the regionals is like on ABC this last weekend. Like the Mid-Atlantic final is on ABC of the regionals or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do stuff like that, if ESPN is going to put this all over the place, which is fine. They have nothing else to put on. I guess they could play cornhole or pickleball or something I love else. Love that's going on. I like watching pickleball. But the... You 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 have to make it like a real game. I'm sorry. Like mm-hmm. this is not this is not like you know everyone gets to play. Like these are teams that are playing on national television, and if they play in Williamsport, are playing in front of like twenty thousand people. Like, put the best nine guys in the lineup. Sure, make a rule. Mm-hmm. Make sure everybody gets in. They get the pinch run, play in the field, whatever they want to do. But make the um, make the managers actually have to have some strategy. Batting one through fourteen. As you know, 12, what are these kids like 12 and 13, 11, 12, 13? So. Like, give me a break. You're on an all star team playing in, on, you know, an international stage. National TV. It's pathetic. It's just, it's just a joke. It's such a joke. It should be an honor to be on the team. If you're not one of the best nine guys to be in the lineup, you know, sorry, you know, Fred, like you, you can sit <laughs> on the pine for a little bit. Yeah, you can sit on the pine for a little bit, you know, Bryce, like, 
it's fine. You, you've, you've made Williamsport. You get the, you know, amazing experience of like meeting all the kids from Curacao. Like the fact that you're the fact that you have the fact that you get to bat 13th in the lineup is such a joke. And I don't understand how there's not more outrage, I guess, because nobody cares about this, despite the fact that it's on ESPN every single night of the week. Um, it's like this is what sports TV right now is the Little League World Series and the Little League Softball World Series regionals and finals and ESPN, ESPN2. Mm-hmm. And then if you stay up till three in the morning, you can watch the Women's World Cup. That is all that's going on in sports right now, besides like golf and NASCAR on the weekends. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. And baseball, obviously. But besides like any of the major four sports, I guess now preseason football will, you know, because the Hall of Fame game outrated the NBA finals. So now we have the NFL back. Mm-hmm. But, but, my God. I mean, how, how ESPN is letting that fly. I mean, this is ESPN is also putting like real people on these games. Like the yeah. Little League. And I, I have always been like a Little League World Series defender. I think it's nice. It's in a t- time slot with nothing going on. You get like the, you know, country versus country and the region versus region. It's kind of like a fun little thing. Yes, is putting maybe 12 and 13 year olds on national TV to have potentially devastating moments mentally. Maybe not the best idea. Sure, but like that's kind of what we do anyway. You get three years older, you're in the Olympics as a gymnast in front of a million, a billion people. So it's not like, you know, it's that far removed. But mm-hmm. one through 14, Eric. I mean, what are we doing? It's, again, I mean, we do that in softball. And again, it's slow pitch softball. So I get it. But, but it's slow. I mean, you're playing slow pitch it, men's softball. You guys are taking, you're taking time out of your adult lives to come play. Everyone should be able to bat. It's fine. This is yeah. competitive sports. This is the, like this is this is a money making enterprise. Make it competitive in the right way. Like make people try to win. Well, it's like if you're on the bench again. If you're one of these kids on the bench, it's like all right, you got to figure out a way to help your team. Like oh, you're really fast. Guess what? Now you could be a pinch runner. Like now you can do all this stuff. Yeah, batting. And again, I mean, uh, batting what is fourteen the maximum? Is that the limit? I guess or or like I don't know if there I is. I think it's just like however be. I have not looked at the total rule in have- terms of roster size. But someone like, was like, why would you kids? not just bring 11 kids? Like, mm-hmm. why would you put the three hangers on, on your team if you don't need them? Exactly. So, like, uh, someone's it's embarrassing. Get, it's it's bad. It's And, again, the umpiring is already, already awful. Rico Bosco is all over that on Twitter. Um, <laughs> the umpiring stinks. It's bad. So, yeah. I, it's, it's a very it's a very good uh, hot take. I like that. So here's the rule. If a team has 12 players on its all-star roster, all 12 will bat. If one of them is injured or has to leave the game, the spot in the batting order is bypassed without penalty. I mean, this is not real baseball. This is not real baseball. No, no. A team is required Hashtag to have 12 players. The team is required to have 12 players unless a waiver is obtained upon providing proof it could not field that many. So that is like the I'm only taking you literally because I don't cannot find one kid to yeah. play. <laughs> the maximum permitted is 14. Free substitution will allow managers to move players in and out of the game so they have the opportunity to play defense. Uh, ultimately, it's about the kids having fun, said Brian McClintock, senior communications executive. We want more kids to have that tournament experience. There is no longer there is no longer special pinch runners either. Instead, managers will be permitted to insert a courtesy runner for the pitcher or catcher if they're on base with two outs. I mean, this is this is this is this is T ball. I mean, this it's is tough. like this is fine if you're not playing in front of a TV audience of hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. Having a third adult does not preclude a player from being a base coach. 
In the past, the number of adults was linked to the number of players. Three adults now be in the maybe in the dugout regardless of roster size. They're they're ruining it. They're ruining it. Not great. Horrible. A change that affects only the senior division baseball and softball is players no longer have to play in any regular season games to be eligible for the term. Okay, I don't care. Whatever. Whatever. I mean, I just. It's about the kids having. We want to improve the experience for the players and volunteers. Thanks. Thanks. Can't wait to hear about the umpire from Tacoma, Washington, who has the honor of being the home place umpire, home plate umpire for the final this year. It'd be great. After he blows four. And I like this is coming from someone that's always kind of liked Little League baseball. I've always kind of watched mm-hmm. it and enjoyed it and defended it. Against yeah. like when Banks comes on here and is like, oh, this is, I mean, this is just, these kids suck. I remember when I was 13, like I like that, that, that hard to take him kind of out on. And I like bantering about it, but I mean, if we're going to do it better and that, isn't that his <laughs> yeah, argument? Like, yeah. 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 It's like, Oh, probably is. And they don't play on a real <laughs> field. They play on a 60, you know, they, they play on a short field, which is everyone's argument, which is fine. But like, I mean, if you're going to do 13 continuous at bats, I, I, you've lost me. Yeah. You've lost. Yeah. Me. Then you're watching slow pitch softball. Yeah. Yeah, I can go play Volo kickball and have a continuous lineup of 800 people and get that fix. Not my little league. I I, I might be done. It hurts me to say. Sorry, sorry to Iwa Beach, Hawaii. Sorry to Warner Robins, Georgia. Sorry to you know all this. All you know, um, who else? Like every all those Texas teams, Chandler, Arizona. Sorry to all the towns. I just can't do. Sorry to Monet Davis. I just can't do it. And Danny Almonte. Big big Al. Todd Frazier. Yep. Big Al hits dingers. Who else? Who else has been in the league? Uh, um, uh, Jonathan Scope, uh, Jerkson Profar. Sorry to both those guys. Like a, there's always like a 6'4 guy from Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Um, yep. Cash Money yep. and Bla- and his brother Blake Money. Blake Money now in the or- now with the Orioles. Those guys both played in the Little League World Series. Cash Money did. And then oh, it was like also that. has brother Blake Money. Or maybe no, it was I the other way around. That. Maybe it was like Blake Money, and then it's like, oh, his brother's name is Cash Money. Oh, I didn't know he was no. a really World Series guy. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Apologies. Apologies to the teams that have played for it in, in Maryland recently. I think the last couple are like Bowie. Um, Job. It's always like Joppa Town, I think. Uh, Salisbury has been in it, has been in Williamsport. Yep. Yep. Um, Ber- uh, oh, my God. Who was the other one? Was it Berlin? Was it Might Berlin? Berlin? I think it was, I think it was two. I think it was two Asian short teams. For sure, the yeah. last two. The the Maryland has not been in this thing in like a decade. By the way, I mean, what I mean, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. What we gotta we gotta seriously look at the leadership involved to get some people to Williamsport. Maybe it doesn't matter anymore. We're, we're playing too much lacrosse, and I love lacrosse. <laughs> so, find, you'll you can find me at Lack Splash. <laughs> and what is it? War on the Shore. That's a real tournament. All right. Uh, any, anything else, RDT? Anything to end on? What's going on with the Orioles? Give us a final update that won't be relevant to anybody when they listen to this. Jack Flaherty is walking everyone. He's at 60 oh, pitches, and we're in the bottom of the second. With uh, It's taken him 60 pitches to get five outs, and he has guys on first and second. They're, yeah, they're already down 5 nothing. But this looks like a game where he's just going to have to eat some innings, and you, you're not going to go into your bullpen. So can't do it. So can't I hope you're ready to eat, Jack. No, nope, can't win them all, but. We need a big Giants well, we'll win see. tonight. No, big Giants yeah. win. Razor on the ropes. We need to. Uh, we need to kind of get <laughs> yeah. them some death blows. Yeah, the Razor have had an interesting week. 
Thank I, I tweeted. I was like, it was like last week with the White Sox guy, like talking shit on them now that he's on the Yankees. And and then with this Rays and Wander stuff, it's just like the Orioles were begging a team to like, please, somebody like take this controversy off our hand. Like, please. And the, the, the Rays were like, we got it, folks. Wander Franco obliged. What a bizarre yeah, situation. John Angelos is, is Jan, John Angelos is probably hey. on the moon right now. <laughs> probably wrote, wrote the water tweet on a burner account. No, no, I'm yeah, just kidding. Like, I'm just kidding. God. I'm just kidding. Don't come after us. Don't come after us. Um, all right. Uh, <laughs> thanks to all of our sponsors. Fed yeah, Thrill, Jimmy Seafood, Black Eyed Susan Spice Company, um, all of our friends. Shout out to, to Banks, Jake, um, and Spenny. Uh, me and Banks play in our annual Captain's Cup that we've talked about on this podcast before. We are against each other Thank again. You. I am Team Europe. He is on Team USA. Um, so shout out to my guys, FB, Mike, and Kyle. We are going to bring home the championship this week. Brian is, I believe, playing a baseball game right now, so he could not come on the show oh, to discuss right. this. Um, that's right. He's in the he bullpen. Thought about, he's in the bullpen. He thought about coming on. We have not heard from him in about 12 hours. So I think that <laughs> idea went down the tubes. Um, but, but yeah, so shout out to everybody there. Uh, you can follow the podcast at exit 52 podcast on, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, um, with varying things that we're posting on all those platforms. You follow RDT at E D I T T I E D I T T I 22 for all the best Orioles coverage on Twitter. You can follow me at Taylor Schmidt 10 for limited amounts of tweets. Um, Eric, I will say I'll finish with this. I was I was bartering getting a Taylor Swift story from your sister with the idea that she would come on the podcast. Nobody so wants that. She will be coming on at some point, so I get this entire story. I will not say when. I will not say when it will happen. I almost did it tonight, but I didn't call it in. That is going to happen at some point. I need to hear this story. So you don't. It's it's no. What if I just told the story on here? No, that doesn't make it as fun. Because then I, I want you to have just the overall disappointment of Annie appearing on the show. That I think would be like very funny. Nah. So we'll see. Nah. That could happen. That could happen. Nah. Uh, go buy tickets to the meet and greet with Grayson and RDT on September 20. I'm going to get this wrong. 5th? 6th? 25th. Believe. Make sure to go out and buy that. Enjoy the Baltimore Sports Weekend, Ravens Commanders Monday, all of the Orioles um, you could possibly handle. Um, and we will see you next time on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy's Seafood. <laughs> all right, all right, what is it you want to do when you grow up?